Amen. All right, so let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for who you are. We know that we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday and we're so thankful, God, that you got up with all power in your hand. We're thanking you, God, for the testimonies, the victory reports, even, Father, for the the positive diagnosis that our brother's not in the hospital, not um, on a ventilator, but God, that he's able to be, um, after he comes out of this, a part of the solution, Lord God, and part of the answer. So we thank you, God, for victory, for covering our first responders and for continuing to provide for our families and giving us wisdom in this time. We pray for your church. We pray for those leaders out there who are celebrating your resurrection on this Sunday, those who are um, worshiping online all across this globe, we're giving you praise and honor for our part as you continue to knit us closer together, and we're thanking you, God, that we can see some light at the end of the tunnel. Father, that God, you're going to lift this thing, and when we can get together to be in fellowship with one another. We're so excited and we're so um, hungry, God, just to come together. For now, we know, Father God, that uh, the truth of your scripture where it says do not neglect the gathering together as some do. So Father, we're just thanking you, God, for who you are. So speak to us on this morning. We pray that, God, we get a deeper and a greater revelation of what you've done for us on this day. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. And all God's people amen, say, amen. 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 Give him some praise. All right. I want you to open your Bibles um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That is a very, very, very long chapter. It's about 50 something verses. Um, I'm not going to break down all 58 verses. Amen. But we want to grab some points from this text as far as it comes to Resurrection Sunday, amen? Um, and we are going to have communion right after the word. So if you got your juice and you got your crackers or whatever you had to get to sanctify, some of y'all got communion in your house. Y'all be taking a couple of them home, I know you do. Um, <laughs> but to God be the glory, amen? I believe that we would all agree that the heartbeat of our Christian life is faith. Faith. We know that the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But if our faith and our hope is for only the things that, that this world has to offer, then we're going to find out very soon that our faith is very fickle. That our faith can go from one side to the other. Because what you may be placing your faith in today, as we all um, have been awoken to the fact how fast things can change, um, what we were placing our faith in today may, may be what <laughs> we don't want later. You understand, a lot of people have put their faith in jobs only to get that job and that same faith, now you believe in God to move you out of that situation. 
You can have uh, faith and we've gotten ourselves into homes, into all kinds of things that put us in debt, only to find out that now I need the same faith that I was praying for um, that got me in this situation to get me out. There even some who have been having faith to get married, only to uh, wish they didn't get married. So we know that our faith cannot be placed in anything that is temporal. It has to be placed in things that are eternal. An eternal faith, a faith that, that, that puts it towards something that is everlasting, that can't fade away. And what opens up that access point to everlasting faith is the resurrection. Paul translated this truth with such wisdom in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the church at Corinth was uh, a church that was full of problems. They had a lot of division. They had a lot of immorality, a lot of lawsuits. There were a lot of struggles going on for position. There were, it was no perfect church, sort of like Next Level Ministries and every other church that is in existence. But it was a church that God had chosen to put his glory in. And with that came great persecution, great unrest. So Paul not only had to write one letter, but he had to write two letters to the church of Corinth. Letters to help put them on track if they were going to experience the type of life Christ died so that they could enjoy. And so today we celebrate the foundation of that hope, the resurrection. First Corinthians chapter, I want to give you a few points that are sub-points, but I have a couple of major, major points. So this first point, we want to talk about the effects of the resurrection, the effects of the resurrection. Um, and we're going to learn that from the first few verses. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you that which I preached to you, which you also received and where you stand. Now, we only stand by the preached word that we receive. You catch that? He said, he said, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news, which I preach to you, which you also have received, and wherein you stand. So we only stand by the preached word that we receive. So what was the gospel that Paul preached? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, Paul says this, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There you go, that stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So this was what Paul preached, the gospel. Him crucified with Christ, spirit of power with demonstration. If the word being preached does not, uh, is not accompanied by power and demonstration, then you have to check the word that's being preached to you. So he says this, by which you are saved if condition, you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I have received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. Christ 
died for us. Up until this point, there were only animal sacrifices. But animal sacrifices, animals were not the ones that sinned against God. Adam sinned against God. And so Adam would have to pay the price for sin. And Jesus became our Adam. And those who accept him can say, just like Romans chapter 6, 4 through 7, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. So, so as we look at this Resurrection Sunday, the first thing we need to realize is this, that he died. He that is dead is free from sin. When Jesus died for us, we need to know that at his crucifixion, we were on that cross with him. Right? Which means that the nails that were in his hand represented everything that we touched. The nails that were placed in his feet represented every place that we walked. The, the nails on his head was for every thought that we had that was contrary to God's call. So everything was paid for at his crucifixion. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, what the law could not do and that it was weak through flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. The law having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of things, can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers perfect. For then they would have not ceased to be offered. The Bible also says, by him all that believe to, by him all that believe are justified from all things, from that which he he could not be justified by the law of Moses. He also says, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, ye also, and he also himself likewise took on part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver him through the fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham represents faith, right? Because Abraham was the father of faith. So he took on him the seed of Abraham, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made in the likeness of his brother. The fact that Jesus, when he died on the cross, it represents us and we stand on that cross with him represents that everything that Jesus did for us on the cross, we now have part are partakers of that very action. Somebody ought to say thank God for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank Hallelujah. You but not only did he die on the cross, because that wouldn't be enough. He was buried. Verse 4 says that he was buried. He was buried means that he took our sins and deposited them. There was a transaction taking place in hell. A transfer. We were being redeemed. We were being brought back. Now, we're going to be talking about in a lot um, greater detail the 
the ransom to Satan theory. It's a theory that goes on in theology that when Jesus died, he had to go to hell to pay a ransom to Satan so that we could be redeemed. That's where all the souls that were in hell were released because Jesus had to pay a ransom to Satan. But if you know, like I know, Satan doesn't own anything. So there was nothing to be paid to Satan because even though Satan was in hell, he ain't running hell. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Y'all ain't gonna feel my help already. So he, he was buried. There was a transaction. What had to happen was he had to see the receipt of the payment that was paid. Because even though Satan does not run hell, he has legal, he's the only being that has legal access to hell. See, when people die and they go to hell was not made for God's children. But because sin had reigned and death, the wages of sin is death. So then Satan had legal access to all those souls that did not receive Christ. But once Jesus died and paid the price, when Jesus went to hell, it was a risk, it was a receipt. It was a witness to hell that the debt had been paid. Right, and that right. those who were bound to death and hell could Satan could no longer hold. Alright. Y'all better come on. Yeah. The Bible says in Isaiah, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have brought you. We were brought not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. The fact that we were redeemed, that we were paid, that the price was paid, means that we are not our own. We do not belong to ourselves. That's why he says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you are? He paid that price. But not only did he do that, he says that, and he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. His getting up was God's approval that the transfer was accepted. All right. If he didn't get out the grave, that would have meant that we would still be dead and in our sins. We all understand that, right? I'm right. preaching to the choir, yes. right? But yes. are, are we glad he didn't stay in the grave? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So that means that well, now, now as we go further, that was that was just the effects of what he did on the cross. When he died for us, he took our sins. He became all our sins, all our sickness, all our disease was laid upon him. Then he went to the grave. He paid that ransom. He let that receipt be seen. He released all the souls that were bound in hell. This is past, present, and future because, like I said, our faith is an eternal. So Jesus represents and is the eternal. So everything that Jesus does is not just for the moment. It's for all time. Right. It's for past, present, and future. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. So now that's the effects. So now we move into the evidence. And that's what I want to talk about. The evidence. Verses 5 through 8. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, and of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. I want to use this point. I'm going to stick with the W's when it talks about evidence. Say this. I am a witness. 
I am a witness. The first point of his resurrection is not enough that people don't want to believe that Jesus died, was buried, and he rose. But the fact that there is evidence that we are witnesses to that resurrection. Now, I know you're probably saying, well, I didn't see Jesus resurrect. I, didn't, I wasn't one of the twelve. But when Jesus died, he came back. He was first seen of Cephas, eyewitness. Then he was seen of his disciples. Then after that, over 500 people at once. All these truths went down from generation to generation because Jesus knew that the, the Roman Empire and those Pharisees and Sadducees were already, they had already spread a rumor about the fact that, you know, Jesus was going to rise from the dead. So they, when they sealed the tomb, it was all to guard that prophecy from coming true. All right. It was so that they could say, well, maybe they stole the body. Right, and this right, is right. so that people would believe that he resurrected. So it wouldn't have been enough for him just to get out the grave. He had to be seen by people. And Jesus had made himself recognizable enough, even after his resurrection, that people knew exactly who he was. But what, so 500 people that remain present to this time as that story got passed on, you cannot deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want to go even further on this Sunday to say that everyone that is witnessing this message and hearing this message, you have seen them too. You've seen Jesus resurrect in your life too. You've seen him show up in your marriage. You show, you've seen him show up in your finances. You've seen him show up in your health. You've seen him show up in areas where it seems so dark and then there comes light. So we've seen him. We, we are witnesses to the resurrection because I know that I once was dead and now I live. You can't tell me that there is no resurrection. Hallelujah. Not only that, am I a witness in verse 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, and they are not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Right. And this grace was bestowed upon me. It was not in vain, because I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. A part of the evidence, number two, the part of the proof and the evidence is that I am a wonder. Somebody say, I'm a wonder. I'm a wonder. Paul said, listen, I know that I've seen them because I was the least of the apostles, because I persecuted the church, and I'm not even worthy to be called, you know, an apostle, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. We know that God got up on the third day because there's people in your life that know you are a wonder. It is a miracle that you are even still breathing. It is a miracle that you are still in your right mind. It is a miracle yes. that God has shown his mercy and his grace Thank upon us. And such. Somebody say, I'm a wonder. I'm a wonder. I'm a, when people see you coming, they don't even know how you made it out of that situation. Well, everybody's going crazy with everything that's going on. Yeah, I got it, but it ain't got me. You ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to come out of this even greater than I went in because I am a wonder. Because our God lives. Amen? Amen. Not only that, he goes on and he says in verse 11, Therefore, whether it be, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believe. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection, you are of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Right, right. And your faith is in vain also. Mm. 
Now, 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 I just transformed my living room into a church. Yes, you did. I, 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 you know, I ain't going to say nothing. Now, if, if, if this gospel is not true and there is no resurrection, everything that we are doing right now right. don't make no sense. Right. Yeah. And I might as well not even be preaching to y'all right now. <laughs> but, 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 but since we know he is who he says he is, here's the other evidence. Say this. I am winning souls to Christ. See, see, we know our preaching is not in vain because it's yielding fruit. The Bible says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. We are witnessing the people in our life that they know that the word that we preach is not in vain. We know that our faith is not empty because there are still people being added to the church daily. Even with us not being able to come into the house of God, there are more people online looking for the truth of God's word now than there has ever been. So you can't even tell You know what? A church walk can't even stop people from getting saved. Because God's not going to say nothing. We are still winning souls to Christ. This Bible is alive. It is not dead. Every word that we preach is living word. Hallelujah. But not only that, I only got a couple more points. And I'll let you go ahead and eat your Easter dinner. Amen. Verse 15 says, Yea, we were found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. <laughs> Listen. I am not what I used to be. Amen. That is proof of a resurrected God. I am not what I used to be. He, the first point was our faith and our preaching was empty. But not only that, if Christ didn't rise, then we are still in our sins. Right. means that what Jesus did, it, it, it means we don't, if, if we are still in our sins, we might as well go out and do whatever it is we are, think we are big and bad enough to do. And this is the scripture that tells us, even though Christ died for our sins, forgave us of our sins, will not bring our sins up ever again, does not mean that we have to still yet live in our sins. But it does tell us that he, even though he says, you are yet in your sins, the fact that we are not what we used to be means that there is still resurrection power working on the inside of us. It does not mean that we are perfect, but we are being perfected. Means that we are still in process. Means that what I used to do, I don't do anymore. And even if you can't say that that is not your testimony, that what I used to do, I don't do anymore. I bet you you can say what I used to do, I don't do as much as I used to do anymore. And as long as you are making process, that is proof that God is still at work in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said, I ain't perfect, but I'm being perfected. 
Hallelujah. And it's only because Christ got up from the grave that yes. things could be made better. That even though we still get sick, but we are healed. Yes. That we still go through financial struggles, but God still supplies all of our needs. Anything Amen. that we go through, we don't go there to stay stuck. We just come out on the other side with Victoria. Because if there's no death, there is no resurrection. So you got to go through a moment where things look like they're dying. Things look like they ain't working out. Things look like what's going on. But don't get stuck in that what's going on. Understand that God is still in control. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. Verse 18 says, Then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Now listen to this. If in this life we only have hope in Christ, we are of all most men miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that are asleep. For since by man came death, there go Adam, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. There go Christ. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. My last W, well, my first last, my, my W before my close <laughs> is I am with Christ. Somebody say, I am with Christ. I am with Christ. As long as we are in him, he says, those who fall asleep perish. If in this life we only have hope, we are most miserable. But Christ is risen from the dead. He became the first fruits. Because he is the first fruits, after first fruits, there follows more fruit. Y'all yeah, missed it. If there's a first fruit, there has to be a second fruit. Come on. Yes. Yes. Christ opened up the door so that we can get in. And the Bible says, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. We are in Christ. So that means even those who died before, they just fell asleep. They're not dead. They're in Christ. When we die, we don't die. We're in Christ. We're made alive in Christ. Matter of fact, we can't die. All we can do is sleep. Right. They missed it. You got to get this. As I close. I told you we got evidence, the effects. The last E is the expectation. This is what this is all about. This mm. resurrection, resurrection Sunday is about expectation. Yes. Do not lose hold of your expectation. Because he closes with verses 23 through 26. But every man in his own order. Somebody say every man. Every man. Every man. Christ the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Jeez. Then cometh the end, when ye shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. When ye shall have put down all rule, all authority, and all power. For he must reign. Till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I want to close with, <laughs> I'm waiting on him. Listen, y'all not catch me. We are witnesses. We are wonders. We are winning souls to Christ. We are not what we used to be. We are with Christ and we are waiting on him. 
Y'all better come on up in here. Yes. See, because well, we we know that because God got up from the grave and we're with him, he said the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Corona is not death. But the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. All enemies will be destroyed. Right. But Corona right. is not the last enemy. No, the last enemy is death. I'm going to say it till yeah. you get it. All enemies will be destroyed. Yeah. Corona is not the last enemy. Right. That means don't get twisted about what's going on right now. Because that too will be under our feet. But the last enemy, the one that we really want under our feet is death. Yeah. And so we thank God that he got up from the grave and defeated death. And he said, oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And I thank God that he got up. So I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It might form, it might come, it might hit, but it will not prosper. Because we serve a resurrected God, a God who got up. And that means we're going to get up. Church, it is wake up time. It is time for us to get up. It's not time for us to go into a tomb. Not to wonder, stop putting your last rites in order. Because we don't have to worry about the end times. Because we are already operating in end times. We are eternal beings. Yeah. God better help me up yes. here. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. That we have faith in the resurrection. Faith in the resurrection. That we won't stay where we are. We got to continue to praise God. We got to continue to glorify God. We got to continue to do whatever it is God has told us to do. No matter where we're at, at the end of this, we are going to come out so much stronger, so much better, so much bigger. Because it is a, God is saying, when I come to the earth, will I find faith? He's not asking, will I find money? Will I find a big church? Will I find it? He said, will I find faith? Do not, uh, do not mistake the battle. Because the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. And the, all we have been called to do was continue to hold on to our faith. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. So we thank God for his word. Y'all got y'all communion? We're about to have communion because he said we can God. eat at the table with him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He gave thanks. He said, this is my body, which was broken for you. On the night he was betrayed, that was the night that set in motion his arrest, his betrayal, and being beaten. Amen. All eat in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is the blood of my new covenant. The blood that he shed on the cross for the remission of our sins. 
blood that opened up the doorway, the gateway for us to have access back to the Father, to be forgiven of all of our sins. All drink in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, have a heart of gratitude for what this day and what this moment represents to us. We pray for the lost and for those that don't know you. Father, we're praying, God, that you would just continue to cover us as a ministry. And we thank you, God, for being so good to us. We don't deserve it, Lord God, but we thank you. We're praying that you continue to heal this land. And we're thanking you, God, that you've shown yourself mighty. That none other is to be worshipped. That we prioritize our lives. That we understand what is really important. What we really need to have first in our lives. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you for loving us and giving us your son. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace.